the man in the union or clan gathering wrapped up in in his diamond and Milton Malby and uh, a great turnout and the Irish coordination was looked after by Michal Ireland and uh, I thought it would be good to get feedback uh, having chatted with some of the people who travelled from Australia and the US and all the rest to hear from the Irish side now that it's all over Michal thanks a million for coming along were you pleased? we were overwhelmed we were totally delighted with the thing from end to end fantastic weekend and what would you say were the, the biggest surprises? well it never fails to amaze me how all these strangers just become total friends in, instantaneously and talk to one another as if they were just had just met a few months ago now the, um, one of the high points I suppose was that when a genealogy chart uh, was presented and I suppose if you were to roll it out flat it was probably about 100 metres yes um, I suppose the, the, the long version of the story is that first of all the big box of charts that were due in from the United States uh, didn't arrive on time so we had to revert back to our own handwritten charts that we've had for almost 20 years which have been modified over the years but uh, eventually anyway with a bit, due to a bit of great fortune the box of charts arrived late on Friday night and we went in early on Saturday morning and our, and we got them erected some of them are 25 feet long some are 40 feet long and uh, we had erected a, ro- a special room within the hall using 8x4 builder's ply to have enough wall space to erect all these charts and they're wonderful uh, extended family trees so were you able to get an approximation of the number of names that are spread across the, the charts yeah I, I think there's uh, approaching uh, six and a half thousand names and that represents uh, different branches of the family and at this stage how many different branches of the family approximately have been identified uh, 36 and those 36 you, but you're working towards a scene how, where they can work back towards yeah, we're working back into the mid 1700s right uh, I, well to some extent we're working out of certain regions one region is kind of the we say the deep west clay region down around Kilrush further up then we have out on the coast we have the Kilkee section then we have what's roughly the Milton Malbay Ina section and after that then we have what's roughly the North Clare section around in the Steinman and from the 320 or so DNA uh, analysis kits that have been analysed every single one are related within no further out than the 5th to 7th cousin region and given that you have people coming from the southern hemisphere Australia and then from uh, the northern hemisphere in the US uh, the commonality was being some links were being identified in those diverse connections well they were but I mean it it, it doesn't surprise us because um, in my own that's in my own particular family in the region of the Aina in the Steinman Triangle and uh, we were well aware of two households who had literally sent 12 and 13 children well they were adults but, um, 
from those two houses in Ireland Bourne had all gone to Australia. We knew that from family lore. They had all gone to Australia between about 1840 and 1870. So the... Um the number that attended this one is the highest, the largest number that have attended. The gatherings you've been holding them every second year since when? Since 1997. The first one was started in 1997 in Minnesota by people that really didn't know what their ancestry was at all. They had no idea from what country their ancestors came. And uh, that particular family suddenly discovered that they had uh, second cousins just 10 miles down the road who were still on the family farm. What had happened was the two brothers in the 1890s, one had gone into law, one stayed on the family farm. And they lost contact, when looked at the contact was lost between the urban family and the rural family in Minnesota. So it all started there. They wrote to a number of families in Ireland. And the whole thing started, so we had the first clan gathering here in Ireland, in Spanish Point, on, in 1999. Right. So this represents the 11th, is it? This is the 11th. The 11th. And... Um, We've had it every two years since. Right. And uh, what happens is, I mean, for instance, this 2019 gathering was held in Ennis Diamond, mainly, and uh, the next one will be held in Minnesota or Wisconsin. Th those two groups are talking to one another to see if, where they will find the most suitable venue. And the one for 2023, which is four years' time, is tentatively set for Kilkee, again, depending on suitable venues, because the kind of venue that we need is we like to put up the charts possibly on the Thursday night before the weekend. Charts are up all day Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. And because of the amount of information that we have, the people like to go back over and over again. And of course, there are always corrections to be done. So since this started in 1997, you would have seen a very marked change in technology, which has allowed a lot more research and information to be gathered and displayed. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to someone of my generation, the use of technology is just stunning, and um, it has just been an amazing help. I suppose sometimes, with a bit of nostalgia, I think of what fun it would have been without the technology to just continue on to search the lore and search the archives, so go, in, go into the museums and the national archives and cemetery records and everything else to be digging and rooting through them. But certainly the technology has speeded up the whole thing. It's just amazing. We're so fortunate as well to have somebody like Cindy Wood and, of course, to help Paddy Wardle because I mean, we had a lot of work done, and no doubt Sydney uh, and Paddy found us a very inter an interesting group, and um, we, we are genuinely interested in helping one another in this whole Maryland thing. I think it goes back to some sort of a hereditary uh, kind of um, thing that's in the Marlins, that there's this whole idea of, uh, in the, maybe the Irish language, Cowan, of course, and, and but the idea of the clan, and of course we're not a clan in that political sense at all, we're just a minor family, but uh, we are um, extraordinary, we are told from the point of view that so, much, so many DNA samples have been connect collected, and our gatherings are phenomenal. So then, the, um, 
why you mentioned the name Marin and it's M-A-R-R-I-N-A-N is the, the ba- banner you're under but there are some variations oh yeah I mean I mean we haven't yet proven beyond doubt where the origin of the name comes from but uh, I mean a dissertation could be written on it at this stage because even just in the last six months I read a book about the uh, the history of uh, the Catholic Church in the Diocese of Waterford and Lismore, which takes in much of South Tipperary, called the Dacia country. And in it, uh, uh, Monsignor Alden makes reference to a saint for anon. We're talking here about 600 AD. And he says that this is the root name for the Marinan name. And that, to me, as a Gaelic speaker and Irish speaker, makes sense because it, it's not a huge jump from O'Marinan to Foranon at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I take, I take um, uh, any reference by somebody of the stature of Monsignor Olden as holding some considerable weight. Then, of course, we have the medieval fiends of the 1580s where several people called Iwaranon, written, written phonetically, I-W-A-R-R-Y-N-A-N-E, or so that's Iwaranon, in the South Tipperary, uh, West Limerick area, all getting pardons, and I believe they were causing some great trouble to the New English uh, planters in that region. And there are about 15 or 20 people of this surname. So, and of course, you still have those names in South Tipperary, Narnan and Monan. But we're, we're working on, we're not, we're not ruling out any conjecture at this stage as to where it all started. But there certainly uh, are no uh, records of Marinans in Clare before 1650 or thereabouts. So the whole Cromwell and transplantations could come into view as well. So, if anybody thinks that they have any connection whatsoever, be it through uh, uh, maternal, so their names may have changed, what they should do is probably go on one of the genealogy sites, be it Ancestry or FTDNA, My Family Tree, all those, and do a search. And, uh, or even go on to GEDmatch, and as a result of that, then reach out to somebody and email that is no, there. Uh, so, um, they, they so just reach out and send an email to whoever's email might be listed uh, or um, who would you recommend as a coordinator on this if just, yeah. um, so that's fine for me all that's brilliant and as I say if anyone does want any more information the best thing they can do is maybe even go on Facebook where the Marlon Tan there's a, a gathering page there yeah. and if you think you're connected or anything like that send somebody a, a message and ask to, to get connected uh, because as all these yeah. things it's, it's spreading and the farther it spreads the better. Yeah well I mean the point I've been making in radio broadcast is that if there's anybody out there whose grandmother was Marlon or great grandmother was Marlon or great great grandmother was Marlon here in Ireland we'd love to hear from them and as you said we've got two Facebook pages, we've got the Marlon page and the Marlon clan gathering page and a pri- private message or a public post and we'll be able to help them in any way. And I mean, it's very important to make that point because many of the people from Australia and America are descended from Maryland women because 
there were a lot of women had to take, had, had taken the uh, assisted passage mm-hmm. out of Ireland in the 1800s and they descended from them. So why don't we have the people here in Ireland who were descended from the Maryland women from the late 1700s, 1800s? Indeed. Well, Michal, thanks many for taking the time and uh, every success two years from now. Well, 